You're listening to Comedy Central. Hi, everybody. Trevor Noah here with another episode of the Daily Social Distancing Show. Before we get into the show, um, I'm still getting a lot of questions from you guys online about the round things behind me. And again, it's not a sex thing. So please stop saying that. Okay, I'll tell you what they are for real. They're actually Samoan exercise weights, all right? The same kind that The Rock uses. And that's why both of us are so jacked. Sorry, Dwayne, I know I said I'd never tell anyone, but people wouldn't stop bothering me. Anyway, it's now day 14 of being stuck in the house to try and stop the coronavirus. And guys, I'm not gonna lie. I'm sort of getting used to this. You know, there are a few things that still stress me out. For instance, I realized that for two weeks, I haven't been able to hang out with Beyonce. Now, granted, I wasn't hanging out with Beyonce before either, but thanks to coronavirus, now it'll never happen. Anyway, tonight, we're gonna catch up on the latest coronavirus news, like the fact that states are telling tourists to stay away, how Brazilian gangs are stopping the virus, and how Pornhub is helping hospitals. Plus, we'll be having a conversation with the renowned Dr. Anthony Fauci. So, let's get into it. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. All right, let's kick it off with some good news. To help hospital workers deal with the shortage of supplies, more and more people around the country are chipping in to donate much needed masks. Yeah, the masks. Joanne Fabrics is giving its customers free material so they can make masks at home. Uh, The National Cathedral in Washington is donating 5,000 masks that it had in its crypt for some reason. And Pornhub, one of the biggest, is donating 50,000 surgical masks to healthcare workers and first responders in New York City. And yes, That's how dire things have gotten. Pornhub is now trying to stop bodily fluids from spraying everywhere. And if you're asking, hey, Trevor, why did Pornhub have 50,000 surgical masks? Well, then you, my friend, have not seen the parts of Pornhub that I have. I've seen scenes on Pornhub where I've thought, everyone who made this and everyone who's watched this will need to be dipped in bleach. But still, thank you, Pornhub both for the masks and for making everyone happy that when they masturbate tonight, it's for a good cause. So, that's some good news. The bad news is coronavirus is continuing to spread around the world, with the global tally now hitting half a million confirmed cases. And in response to this growing threat, India has put its 1.3 billion people into lockdown which means now over a third of the world's population is staying in their homes. Brazil, on the other hand, is going the complete opposite direction, thanks to their president, Jair Bolsonaro, who thinks this whole coronavirus thing is a big hoax. Yeah. And now, this is crazy, because he's not taking it seriously, the Brazilian gangs have stepped in and they're threatening people. And they're telling them that if they don't stay in their houses after 8 p.m., then the gangs will step in and correct their behavior. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. And how crazy is it that gangs, gangs, are being more responsible than the Brazilian government? Uh, I feel like this is gonna make for a really interesting new season of Narcos. 
ni Mónica me van a llevar a Monte Cassino, porque esta noche yo voy a estar al lado y lado con ustedes peleando hasta la muerte. Cuando esos hijos de puta se le abro la puerta a los hermanitos Gallón, vamos a entrar y vamos a darles con toda. Higiene o plomo. Now, here in America, the numbers keep getting worse every single day. We are now up to over 70,000 confirmed cases and over a thousand deaths. And if you're like me, it is a little bit of a scary time, especially because when you go online to try and read up on coronavirus, you come across all kinds of misinformation. Like for instance, I read on Twitter that the virus is scared of spiders. Yeah. So now I have an apartment full of spiders, which is horrible because they use so much toilet paper, which is shocking. I thought they would just like use the web. Why wouldn't you use your web? But apparently like the web, they're like, no, this is part of life and then toilet paper. And I was like offensive to their culture. It was a whole thing. Spiders are very sensitive. Well, anyway, today to help clear up some of that misinformation and learn more about stopping this pandemic, I was lucky to get some one-on-one -on -one time with the preeminent expert on the coronavirus. He's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. And you've probably seen him every day doing briefings with the president, Donald Trump. So here he is, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, thank you so much for joining us on the Daily Social Distancing Show. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, no, very well. You are an infectious diseases expert who has advised six presidents on everything from SARS to Ebola to the HIV uh, epidemic and Zika. What makes coronavirus so different? Well, it's different because, you know, when people used to ask me over the years, what is it that I most worry about with regard to emerging infectious diseases is a respiratory born illness that easily spreads from person to person, mm -hmm. but that has a high degree of morbidity and mortality. And unfortunately, that's the worst nightmare you could have is to have something like that. I mean, there are other diseases. Ebola was frightening, but Ebola gets transmitted only when you're in very close contact with a person who is very, very ill. With this disease, in some respects similar to influenza, but in some respects very different, it spreads very easily. You can right, even right. spread it when you're not symptomatic. So it's insidious and treacherous in that you could spread it easily. The other part about it that's really so different from anything that we've ever faced before is that if you look at the mortality of seasonal flu, the thing that you and I go through every season, mm -hmm. the mortality is about 0.1%. That's a lot. And we get used to that morbidity and mortality. But right, the mortality right. of this is about 10 times that. It's at least 1%. So it's, it, it's a disease that not only is easily spread, but it can be devastating, particularly for a certain subset of the population demographically different. The elderly, those with underlying conditions, heart disease, mm -hmm. lung disease, mm -hmm. diabetes, it can be very serious for them with a high degree of mortality. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the information in and around Corona that's, that's I think, getting people confused. I, I see so many conflicting ideas online and I guess the, the, the horrible byproduct of having social media and the internet is everyone is now an expert and everyone has an opinion. I know this is very basic for you, but just to help everyone be on the same page, how can we catch corona and what are the areas we should be most concerned about? So we know about human to human transmission. Most people understand that, but I see people online worried about 
grocery shopping, touching packages that they receive from Amazon? Do people need to wipe them down? When they're in the grocery store, can they touch other things? How long does coronavirus last in the air? For instance, if you walk into an elevator after somebody else, can coronavirus still be there? What do we need to be on the lookout for as individuals? Okay, there's varied degrees of risk, Trevor, of that in, in every respect. But the things that are the most common that you really want to latch on to is that sneezing and coughing. When someone is ill, they've got to get themselves out of circulation because they can spread by droplets and even by what we call aerosol, which means the drop doesn't go down right away. It hangs around for a bit. So wow. you could come into a room thinking everything is all right, and then you inhale it. That's likely not the primary way. The primary way is probably droplet. But another way that's very important is handshaking. When people naturally go <clears throat> like that, they cough, and then it's innocent, there's nothing on their hand, they shake your hand or they open a doorknob. And that's the thing, you don't wanna be obsessive compulsive about wiping everything down that you go near, but one of the real bad actors is somebody who just opens a door and then 15 minutes later, because we know the virus can live on inanimate hard objects like steel or plastic right. for at least several hours. So that's the thing you've got to be careful of. That's one of the reasons why, if you really want to be careful, besides the social distancing of six right. feet, don't shake anybody's hands. Just lose that for a while. And wash your hands as often as you can because you may be inadvertently touching something. Got now, it. your got other it, question, it. Trevor, that's important, is that I don't think we need to get completely obsessed about packages that come in because those types of surfaces, the virus might live there for a very short time, but people say, should I, should I get a package from a grocery store that says made in China? I, I wouldn't worry about that. That's not the issue. It's more the close things, the hand washing. Let's talk a little bit about what you alluded to earlier, the, the mortality rate of the disease and how people have misconstrued the numbers. We know that people who are older or people who have underlying respiratory infections um, have a higher chance of dying from the virus. But I think people have started to believe that that means young people are immune and cannot get sick from coronavirus. What are people not understanding from the numbers? Trevor, they're not understanding two things that are important. A, even though you are young, you are not absolutely invulnerable, for sure, because we're seeing cases most of them have some underlying disease, but several don't, who are young people, 30s, 40s, who are getting sick, getting into the hospital, requiring intensive care. Still, the overwhelming proportion of the elderly with underlying disease. But every once in a while, you're gonna get a young person. So if you think you're completely invulnerable, you're incorrect. Second issue that's important, that even though you may not get seriously ill, you can get infected with relatively few symptoms, either asymptomatic or mild, relatively trivial symptoms. But mm -hmm. then you can infect another person who would then infect a vulnerable person who would then die. I mean, it's right. a typical example. I'm young, I'm healthy, but you go home, you infect grandma, grandpa, and your sick uncle. So you have a responsibility, not only to protect yourself, but you almost have a societal moral responsibility to protect other people. In, in talking about the virus, it, it feels like understandably everyone is trying to find an answer. Everybody is trying to find 
their own solution. Unfortunately, that has bred, uh, you know, it's created a breeding ground for misinformation. For instance, uh, cures that people are touting online, uh, you know, concoctions of, of different medications, etc. We read about malaria drugs and, and chloroquine or, or whatever it is. What is the biggest warning you would give to the general public about trying to self-medicate or, or is there any cure that people actually have discovered? What, as, as a leading health expert, what do you say about this issue? So right now, today, as we speak, there is no proven safe and effective direct therapy for coronavirus disease, for sure. There are a number of clinical trials that are trying to, by randomized controlled trials, get a definitive answer as to what works and what does work, not work, what's safe, what's not safe. Superimposed upon that, there are drugs that are already approved for other things, like hydroxychloroquine for malaria and for certain autoimmune diseases, that there have been anecdotal stories. By anecdotal, I mean people kind of think they work, but they haven't really proven they work. That's really gotten out there on the internet So people are very enthusiastic since generally these drugs appear to be safe, and they are, but they do have some toxicities. So a lot of people want a drug even though it's not proven, just Mm -hmm. in case it might help them. You gotta be careful about that for a couple of reasons. You don't wanna take that drug off the market for the people who really need it, who have the diseases it's used for. And on the other hand, there may be some toxicity. That's the reason why we're pushing to try and get as many good clinical trials as possible to prove if it works. If it does, then get it out there really fast for everybody. Got it. I have four questions because I know we're gonna run out of time, but I just wanna let you know, I have four questions that I think are really important. Um, Number one, we hear about this clock, 15 days where things will be reassessed, 15 days where people might go back, 15 days, every country, 21 days, there seems to be a clock. My question is, what is that clock supposed to be and is there a certain amount of time that people can be away from each other where coronavirus goes away? And, and the follow-up in that same question is, does the clock start if people are not completely quarantined during that period? Yeah, the virus is the clock, uh, Trevor. So people say, may arbitrarily, well, in two weeks, we're gonna be okay. It depends on the kinetics of the outbreak. Right now, take New York City. They are getting hit really hard. And the Mm -hmm. kinetics of the outbreak is going there. You can't predict when it'll make that turnaround and start coming down. In general, if you look historically at at countries that have been through the whole cycle, in China, it was about eight weeks or so before it went way up and then way down. In Korea, the same thing. So if you look at each individual country, and being a big country as we are here in the United States, We're almost like a lot of little countries, like New York in itself can be considered a country. California can be considered a country. So it's unpredictable about when you can say this cycle. It's usually measured in several weeks. Sometimes when you're into the cycle, you may only be two to three weeks away before it starts to turn around. Right. Okay. So then to that point, that's then my second of the four questions. Second question is, is New York City really harder hit? or is New York's testing making the numbers spike up? And is this something that we're going to see start trending throughout America? Well, there are a couple of good questions right in there. New York is more hardly hit for sure. The nature of the city, the crowding of the city, the fact that you get the beginning of your outbreak when you get influx from other countries, 
China was the index country that came in. New mm-hmm. York is a travel hub of the country. So clearly we had a lot of cases come in. By the time they realized what they were dealing with, they had already gotten a sucker punch and they really were, were playing catch up. They didn't do anything wrong. They're not very different except that they're a big, robust city. And because of that, they're getting hit hard. Okay, and then the second last question is with regards to reinfection and immunity. We talk about people who have it and are asymptomatic. We talk about people who are recovering and we're starting to see those numbers grow around the world. Do we know yet if getting corona and surviving corona means that you're now immune to the disease or is there a chance of reinfection? Uh, We don't know that for 100% certain because we haven't done the study to see re-challenges, whether they've been protected. But I feel really confident that if this virus acts like every other virus that we know, Mm -hmm. once you get infected, get better, clear the virus, that you'll have immunity that will protect you against reinfection. So it's never 100%, but I'd be willing to bet anything that people who recover are really protected against reinfection. Okay, and then our final question, and thank you so much for your time. I really, I really hope everyone understands how important it is to listen to you. Final question with regards to the government, the CDC, the NIH, and all of the units working together. Right now, it feels like there is a, a, a push and pull, a tug of war between states and the federal government, etc. For Americans who are out there watching this, what is the plan and what do you think needs to happen for the whole unit of the United States to fight the coronavirus, you know, implementing different checks and balances along the way to make sure that everyone fights it and the numbers go down? Well, that's a very good question. Things are implemented at the state and local level. That's the way this country works so well. The federal government is a facilitator, it's a supplier, it's a supporter. And that's the way things should be going. And that's what we're starting to see now as we are catching up on things that weren't done so well in the beginning. We now have many, many more tests. The private industry is getting involved. The government's not making the test. The private industry is. The ventilators that are needed coming out of the the stockpile, yet companies are starting to make more. So it really is a marriage between the federal government as the facilitator and supporter of where the real action is, is at the state and local level. Thank you so much, Dr. Fauci. Um, You've been amazing. I could talk to you for an hour on this, but I know everyone wants your time. Good luck with what you're doing. And um, I hope we're doing our part to make your job a little bit easier. Thank you. You are very much, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Stay safe and wash your hands because of that fake cough you did. (laughs) Take care. And there you have it. Thank you so much, Dr. Fauci. That was a really informative interview and ah, crap. I forgot to ask him about the spiders. Ah, oh well. Anyway, when we come back, we'll be looking at which states are telling tourists to stay away. So you stick around. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. All across the country right now, as you know, states are trying their best to handle the coronavirus and they're doing it in different ways. And New York is taking social distancing so seriously that Mayor Bill de Blasio has now announced that he's gonna start ripping down basketball hoops out of all the city parks so that people don't want to go and play there. Oh, and fun fact, de Blasio is the only mayor in America who has to bend down when he rips out the hoops. Oh. So that's what's happening in New York. But other states are taking a different approach to keep themselves safe. Uh, Hanging up a no trespassing sign. 
Fly to Florida and it will really cost you. You're going to have to self-isolate for two weeks before you do anything else. Hopefully that will be a deterrent for people if you're just simply trying to escape here uh, to avoid the restrictions that have been put in place in your own state. That is probably not a good idea. Meantime, both Alaska and Hawaii are now requiring mandatory 14-day quarantines for everyone entering their states. They say if you aren't able to comply with the quarantine, you will need to postpone your trip. I hope that everyone complies and visitors do not come here. We do want those who may have scheduled trips to the islands take the action to cancel or reschedule their trip. Yeah, that's right. If you try and get off the plane in Alaska, Hawaii, or Florida, instead of a guy with a sign holding up your name at the airport, people just have a sign that says, turn around, dick. And I mean, I'm assuming your name is Dick. I mean, they could write Richard if you prefer that. They just turn around and the person. But if these states really wanna keep people out, instead of tourism ads, you know what they need? They need to make some anti-tourism ads. In fact, we did it for them. Ah, Hawaii. With its sandy beaches, lush rainforests, and friendly people, Hawaii is heaven on earth. Or at least it was until you dirty mainlanders came and infected us. From now on, just stay the hell away. Remember, we've also got volcanoes, and we're not afraid to throw you into one. Hawaii. Go to Florida. It's closer. Are you looking for breathtaking landscapes, untamed wildlife, and blissful solitude? Well, tough shit. We don't want you here. And your tropical ass wouldn't last a day anyway. This is Alaska, mother. We're basically in Russia. We still use dogs for cars. Alaska, come one step closer and I swear to God, we'll blow up all the oil. Can't wait to visit Florida? Sure you can. It's not all sunshine and Mickey Mouse down here. Remember that guy on bath salts who tried to eat another guy's face? That happened here. And you know where all those Florida men live? In Florida. Plus, this is where all the old people are. Does this look like a party to you? You really need a list of reasons to stay away? Fine. Angry gators, frozen iguanas, Mar-a-Lago, humidity, stand your ground, hurricane, Tim Tebow. Florida, stay away from our penis-shaped hellhole. I'm convinced. All right, that's it for today's episode of The Daily Social Distancing Show. Thank you so much, again, for tuning in. Thank you for spending your quarantine with me. And as always, before we go, I just wanted to please ask you to donate to nokidhungry.org to help kids get a good meal while their schools are shut down. And if you wanna help children in New York City specifically, please go to cityharvest.org and give whatever you are able to give. Stay safe out there, wash your hands, don't touch anything that has ever been touched by someone else, and I'll see you next week. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.